Okay, all right guys, so what we're gonna talk about here tonight is the age of the earth. And there's a lot of speculation about what the Bible says, what science says, and what we should believe as Christians. Should we believe in the old earth? Should we believe in the young earth? Somewhere in between. And so what we're gonna to do tonight is we're gonna go over the three major theories. We're gonna go over what science says about the earth and how old it is. We're gonna talk about old earth creationists and young earth creationists. And then we're also gonna talk about, just kind of mixed in there because it also affects your belief in how living things have begun. Because if you believe in an old earth or you believe in a young earth, it will in a way affect how you believe life began originally. And so that will be mixed in a little bit as well. So as we start here, the first thing we're going to talk about is a science belief because these two biblical viewpoints either contradict this belief or somehow go along with it. But this is kind of the main scientific worldview belief that a lot of non-Christians believe in today. So science believes the earth is 4.5 billion years old, give or take 50 million years, which is kind of funny, that's a large gap, but give or take about 50 million years. Um, this has changed over time as they've got new data, new metrics. So it's kind of constantly changing. It's a real estimate, but they think the general consensus is about 4.5 billion years as of 2023. Um, the reason they get this is because rocks that were found in Canada and Australia dated about four something billion years old. So they assume that there was rocks in Canada and Australia that dated four point something billion years old. There's probably rocks other places in the world that date around that or older. Um, they use a method right now called radiometric dating uh, which is not the question. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Do you have a question? Um, it's actually estimated uh, 13.8. Yeah, there's there's some speculation there. We're kind of we're going with 4. Is that the Earth. Yeah, the Earth's age. Oh, yeah, not the universe. Yeah, yeah. The, the you know, so that's a little different than the Earth. The universe is about 13. Point whatever billion. I know my numbers. Yeah, but 4.5 <laughs> is the Earth's like from the scientific yeah. viewpoint. Yeah, good question though. Um, so they use a method called radiometric dating basically right now and they study rocks and they also study fossils and they can they use things um, in that in those methods that determine how old something is. Um, those methods um, have not always been reliable but science believes they're pretty up to date at this point. Some of the issues with the scientific theory though, I want you guys to think about this okay. Some of the issues that come from this is how did life begin? That's one thing the scientific theory about how old the earth is can't actually address because they get this theory based off evolution and the theory of the Big Bang, okay? The Big Bang was a big explosion and then everything kind of went, got thrust into motion and then over billions of years, life began to form. So they get that method from there but the question is, how did, those, how did those atoms get there in the first place? They really have no idea, okay? Uh, Bill Nye, which is a science guy, uh, he knows, uh, he's actually a, a world-renowned scientist, though. He's one of the best scientists in the world today. He actually stated that science does not have an answer for how atoms cause the Big Bang. He claims it's a great mystery of science. Because it's one thing, they just can't prove that. And you can do mathematical numbers and go all the way back to, you know, Right before the Big Bang is what science says, but it said if you were to get to a number that is large enough to cause a Big Bang, it would be an infinite number 
So there's no way to actually measure that, and there's no way for science to know as of today, from what they say, how the atoms actually got there. So their theory is all after the Big Bang happened, but before the Big Bang, what was here, how it happened, is kind of unexplainable. In addition to that, the universe is still expanding today, okay? Because of the Big Bang Theory, I want you guys to think about this. If there was a massive explosion, then what typically happened in an explosion? Things move very quickly away from the explosion, but then as they get farther away, they what? They slow down. They slow down, and they start to default. Like, you think about this. If I were to throw a dynamite stick in the ground, the ground would shoot up, in a, in a rapid rate, but then after it gets higher up, it eventually will fall down. Uh, same thing with like any kind of explosion. If, if, if like something explodes and shrapnel goes right or left, it will explode at a very fast rate, but the farther it goes right or left, eventually it slows down and it falls down. So the question they don't understand is how is the universe still expanding then? Because the Big Bang happened and the theory originally was, well, if the Big Bang was true, the universe would be slowing down over time, but they looked at it recently and they realized it's actually still accelerating. The universe is going faster and faster and expanding. And so it's another kind of, we're not really sure how that's possible. Uh, it's, a, it's a great mystery in science on how the universe is expanding. In addition to that, if you want to go real scientific, some of the issues with the scientific theory today is thermodynamic laws. Thermodynamic laws, the first law of thermodynamics is that energy cannot be created or destroyed. So all the energy that's ever been here has always been here. And so if you're, you would have to have all the energy in the world come together basically to cause this big bang. And again, some of those theories in the past of everything coming together then bouncing back were proven to be false because if all the energy in the world came together at one single point, it would create a big black hole. It wouldn't bounce back and create. And if, and if energy can't create, there's another problem with that. How did, the, how did things start to form then in the beginning? And the last thing I want you guys to think about here, we'll talk about fossil dating and some of the methods they use that it could be wrong, is consciousness. Now, I want you guys to think about this. One thing science cannot prove is consciousness. Here's what I mean by that. So they believe that matter and energy and atoms eventually formed life. And, and to them, that makes good sense. Uh, but they don't understand how people, how life, living beings like humans can be self-aware, how they can feel emotions and feel pain and stuff like that. It's not really something science can test. And they've tried over the last 10 years or so, they spent a lot of taxpayer dollars and things like that to try to investigate how can, how can living beings have consciousness? How can they have emotions and feel pain and feel sadness? Why are they not just living? You know, and, and why can some things feel that and other things can't? Science really has no answer for that. Because you think about this, like plants, you know, from our knowledge, plants aren't feeling pain and, you know, they don't have emotions and things like that. But then human beings have all kinds of emotions and they're self-aware and, and they can see, they can speak for themselves and they can think ahead and things like that. So how is that possible? You know, how, how, can, how can that happen? And so as Christians, what do we do with the new evidence science are trying to convince us of? So there's two major beliefs Christians hold about the age of the earth in light of these new theories scientists are now bringing forth. Both beliefs hold the Bible as the inerrant word of God, meaning that they believe that the Bible is true and, and God's word is what we should rely on. And it gives us an accurate creation account. 
However, the old earth creationist view and the young earth creationist view have very different interpretations on the account in Genesis. So if you, if you guys read the Bible, you know, Genesis 1 and 2 and even Genesis 3 give you a good idea of how the world was created based off what God says in the Bible. The question is not where the creation account lies for so much, although old earth would say you can look to other parts of the Bible as well. The question really is, how do you interpret that data? So you can interpret it two different ways. Old earth creationists read the account of Genesis and say, we believe that science is correct, that the earth is billions of years old, and but we believe God is what caused the Big Bang to happen. You know, God is who caused the Big Bang to occur. And they also get this belief from Hebrews 4, 3 through 11, they can be interpreted that we're still living in the Sabbath day. So if you realize this, the seven days of, or six days of creation, what did God do on the seventh day? He rested and enjoyed his creation. He, he spent time in his creation. So they believe that maybe one, two, three, four, five, six days were literal days, but the seventh day could be going on for billions and billions of years. And they, because the Bible doesn't necessarily clearly say it was a 24-hour day on the seventh day. They may still be living in what they call the seventh day. That's kind of where they get that belief point from. So the older of the creationists, they believe modern science helps us explain what creation was like in the Bible. So if you were an older of the creationist, you would look at the Bible in Genesis, and you would read in Genesis 1, and I'll read it here. That in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. So an older earth creationist would say, well, in the beginning, the reason science can't explain how the atoms got there or how life begun and how the universe is still expanding is because God was the one that was always there. And that makes sense because God is infinite. He's above space-time. And so if you're looking at scientific numbers and you say that the only reasonable explanation is to have an infinity number to cause the Big Bang, well, then it would make sense to have an infinite God. That would be the one behind that because that's the only logical explanation. And God's the one that put this stuff into motion, as it says in Genesis 1. But it doesn't say in Genesis 1 how quickly God put those into motion from what they say and in the seventh day, it doesn't necessarily use a literal day. So how long really is the seventh day? Now, I want you guys to think about this part of the old Lord's creation's view. Um, Hugh Ross is one of the leaders in this viewpoint. Hugh Ross is a very smart uh, scientific person, but he's also a Christian. He believes in this viewpoint. And he wrote the website or created the website Reasons to Believe. And there's all kinds of data on that website. And so Hugh Ross says that when he first studied the Bible, there were three different definitions for the word day in Genesis. One and two when describing day and night as well as the days and years. He said he realized that this word day must have multiple literal definitions and later discovered that it has four literal definitions. Those include part of daylight hours, all of daylight hours, a 24-hour period, and a long but finite time period. While there might be several interpretations in English, Ross says in Biblical Hebrew, the language of Moses, Yom, is the only way to describe long periods of time. 
So he sees no contradiction in billions of years and the creation account because he believes the yawn that was described in the seventh day is still continuing today. We're still living in that Sabbath day. And it doesn't specify exactly that these were 24-hour days. Okay? All right, so that's kind of the main viewpoint you'll see. Now, here's what I want you guys to think about here before we get to young earth creationists. The issue that can be raised with this viewpoint, you may want to write this down. I want you guys to think about this. The issue that can be raised with this stance is we can be guilty as Christians of taking whatever modern science claims to be true and fitting it into the Bible. So we can be guilty as Christians of taking whatever science says is true and then trying to make it fit into the Bible. Here's why I say that. If you're going to live or die, you know, for say, by this old earth creationist view, what, would, what happens if science comes back in 20 years and says, you know what, guys, we were actually wrong. The earth is actually younger than we thought. Then this whole theory doesn't really make sense. Um, so the problem with the old earth creationist view that young earth creationists would say is, is an issue is that if you stand fully by that the earth had to be created in billions of years, because that's what science says, and we believe the Bible could interpret it that way as well, well then if science changes their mind, are you going to change your mind as well? And if you do, then your theory looks kind of false. So science has changed their theory multiple times over the years. So if you always take whatever modern science says is true and apply it to the creation account in the Bible and just say whatever science uncovers, that must have been how it was, there's some issues with that because you're putting yourself in a real bad spot. If science comes back and says, oh, wait, we were wrong, then you're going to have to, you're going to, have to change your whole story. So if you're going to hold to this viewpoint and say this viewpoint is correct, at least hold it with an open mind to say, you know, this is one interpretation of Genesis, but I may be wrong. It could be something different. Because if it comes back to be a younger earth, maybe Yom was actually interpreted as a literal day. So if you hold this viewpoint, I would just hold it lightly because, again, it could change over time. It's, it's science uncovers new data. Um, so the last one is the young earth creationist. And in my opinion, this one makes the most sense biblically uh, and scientifically. But again, I want you guys to make up your own mind what you think is correct. So the young earth creationists believe the Bible clearly outlines creation in six literal days. And the seventh day was also a literal day. And the Bible supports a young earth about 6,000 years old. They would claim that the evidence scientists use to determine the earth in billions of years is misinterpreted because of events like the flood that occurred and dramatically altered rock formations and fossils in that time. This belief stems to, seems to be the most biblically and historically correct. So here's why I say that. In Genesis 20, 8 through 11, if you read, I'm sorry, Exodus 28 through 11, if you go back and read Exodus 28 through 11, it talks about a literal work week. So when God is instructing the Israelites on how to live, he says you should work, what, six days a week, and on the seventh day, you should rest. And, in that inter and why does he say that? He says because God created the earth in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. So young earth creationists would say, well, if you look at that viewpoint, then God is saying that it was a literal day. The seventh day was a literal day, just like the other six days, because why would he tell us 
to work six days and rest one because that's what God did if God's still living in the seventh, if we're still living in the seventh day. It doesn't really make sense with the Genesis account. The other problem you have with this, I want you guys to really think about it. You want to write down, Aaron, if you if you're listening here, is Romans 5.12. Here's what the here's the problem with this. Romans 5.12 states that sin came into the earth through Adam. Okay? Meaning that when man and woman sinned, all those after were born into sin because originally things were good. You guys get that from creation? That makes sense? Why is this a problem? If there were billions of years before Adam, then there was probably plants, possibly dinosaurs, is what science would say would happen before man, right? Dinosaurs and things like that. If all, if all the dinosaurs and all these things happened before humans got here, then they probably were killing each other. You know, they had diseases, as it's shown in fossil records, and things were obviously not very good. So if you believe sin came in through Adam, and, that's, and the punishment for sin was death, then death wouldn't have happened until Adam and Eve were here. So if there were billions of years before Adam and Eve, in those time periods, you couldn't have had animals killing each other, plants dying off, things like that, because death was a punishment of sin, and sin didn't happen until Adam and Eve sinned against God. So that's one belief they say. Also, they say that Jesus seemed to back this belief, basically because when Jesus was referring to creation, he seemed to have taken it as a literal seven-day creation. And another issue with this is that if there were billions of years between day six and day seven, when were humans created? Anybody know when were humans were created? Six. Say what? Anybody know what day what day humans were created? Six after the seven. Um. No, so, because um, day you rested. Yeah. Listen, I'll, I'll read it here. It says. Um, Why are you talking about people other than Adam and Eve? No, Adam and Eve. Yeah. So on the fourth day. Yeah. So I'm not the fourth day. On the fourth day. Um, after that, so this is day five. It says, Then God said, Let the water swarm with living creatures, and let the birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. Okay? And that was the fifth day. Then on day six, God said, This is in verse 24 in Genesis, Let the earth produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that crawl, and the wildlife, and, the earth, and all the earth of their kind. And it was so. So God made the wildlife of the earth. Then God said in verse 26, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. After day six, yeah, you're right. So after day six, day seven is rest. So what do you guys think about this? If there were billions of years after Adam and Eve, so after day six, and then day seven is billions of years because we're living in that seventh day, right? If, they, if we're going by the older creationist view, then why were those generations not recorded in the Bible? While we're all those billions and millions of years of, of history just left out of the Bible. And if you, if you, and if you look after Genesis 2, it's after, <laughs> after Genesis 2, and you go to Genesis 3 and 4 and 5 and 6, you start to get the account of Adam and Eve's family. And then you, get, you go on from there. So it seems to flow very naturally that there was no big break in between there. And if there was any kind of break, there's no way it would have been millions and billions of years because 
you know, they didn't live that long back then. They lived long lives, but not millions and millions of years. So, in, in addition to this, the last part I want you guys to think about is the scientific evidence. So, I want you guys to listen to this, okay? The fossil record is what paleontologists call the total number of fossils that have been discovered, as well as the information derived from them. A somewhat unfair and unsupportable error is often made when relating the fossil record to issues such as the age of the earth or evolution. Most paleontologists subscribe to an atheist view version of the theory of evolution, which I think we all could agree with that. As such, they interpret the fossil record through that worldview and inspect that interpretation and note that it confirms the theory. This is more than a little circular. That same approach is also used to imply that anything proven in older Earth also proves evolution. So if you believe in evolution, you have to have millions and millions of years for evolution to create humans. Okay, that's how you believe humans got here. So if you stand by that viewpoint, then you have to have a creation model that's billions of years old. So when you look at the data, you're gonna see billions of years through a you know, kind of selfish world because that's what you're trying to convince the world of. All that being said, those who hold to young earth creationists feel there are reasons to doubt the prevailing views of the fossil record. The fields of paleontology and fossilology are highly prone to error. In the last century, we have witnessed countless examples of groundbreaking discoveries that ultimately proved to be misleading. One famous example is a fish that I'll show you guys in a second. And there was a fish fossil found that when they did their radiometric dating or the kind of dating they used to determine fossils, they said it's probably 40 million years old. And that's pretty standard. That's, I mean, that's, that's not too old, but that's pretty standard for a lot of animals. Well, several years ago, they actually found that fish alive in, the, uh, in another part of the country. And it blew the minds of scientists. And when they pulled the fish out of the water, the fish looked almost identical to the fossil they said was 40 million years old. The problem with that is that that puts a lot of question on this kind of method. Is that really reliable or is it not? How can you be 40 million years off? You know, or, or, or so, something like that. That puts a lot of doubt in those theories. And that's why some of the young earth creationists and some of the leading scientists today that are Christians say, I don't know that I fully believe in that method because it, it, it seems to have some real issues. The reason this is important is that many fossils have been dated to be roughly 70 million years old, mostly because their remains are found in the same stratum as the remains of this fish that they said was 40 million years old. And yet there are still fish alive today looking exactly like those fossils. Um, so it turns out it's really not that accurate. In contrast, young earth creationists contend the vast fossil record is compatible with a global flood, which God uses in judgment on the earth because of sin. Again, if you're looking at sin, the flood was a violent geological upheaval with enormous destructive power that not only destroyed all land-dwelling, air-breathing life, but also changed the global landscape. If you have a, a worldwide flood and it lasts 40 days, if you guys think about that, the whole earth is underwater for 40 days. That's going to cause major, major ge geographical issues. So things are going to die and they're going to be buried in crazy places. The structure of the earth is going to change. And so it could look after the flood like it was millions of years old or billions of years old. But we don't really know that that's the case. Because again, the flood messed up the earth. And so to date something after the flood is very hard to do if you don't know exactly when it was born and when it died 
because again, the flood would have drastically changed how the earth is today. And so in the young earth creationist view, the geolo genealogical lines given to us in Genesis 5 and 11 reveal the earth to be roughly about 6,000 years old. Accordingly, young earth creationists interpreted the evidence to mean the vast and abundant fossil record we have today was laid down probably sometime in the last 6,000 years. Indeed, every fossil ever found then must have begun the fossilization process after Adam's sin, including dinosaurs. They believe dinosaurs were probably still here, uh, which, I mean, you can see fossil records today of dinosaurs. Uh, many scientists include some who uphold the Bible as the inspired inherent would disagree with this. The key difference lies in the, in the different assumptions being made throughout the interpretation process. So again, both viewpoints believe the Bible is the inherent word of God. Both viewpoints believe in their creation account in Genesis. One viewpoint says the scientific methods today are correct. We should believe in all of them. Um, the, the young earth, the science of evolution. The young earth will say these methods are pretty unreliable, probably not accurate because of the flood. And we believe that the earth is probably 6,000 years old because of these kind of evidence here in the Bible and what we see today. And so as we conclude here and we'll go through questions, science really backs up the Bible. The Bible says that God made distant, uh, distinct kinds of animals and plants. We observe genetic change today, but only within certain boundaries, i.e. a cat can only breed offspring within the cat type. Okay? Um, the, Bible, the Bible says that all humanity came from Adam and Eve. Genetics from science do confirm this, as people are all one race, the human race. So young earth and older earth would say that a lot of science does back up the Bible. And science is a good thing. We should be using science. We should be careful how much we use it and to believe every theory that's ever out there. And then the Bible states that there was a global flood. As expected today, we see billions of dead things buried in rock layers laid down by water all over the earth, which is another powerful confirmation of what we read in Scripture.